Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Obviously, it's 2021. Just let that sink in for a moment. It is 2021, not 2000, not the year 2000. I remember getting my little medallion badge in primary school in the year 2000. Doesn't seem like that long ago, but it is 2021. I am um, recently in my emails, <laughs> I received an email and it, I tell you what, it kind of hit me like a bit of a slap in the face um, because this email read, save the date for your 10 year school reunion. <laughs> and I thought, no, <laughs> it's 10 years. How, when, when did that happen? I can see MJ, who was my youth pastor, um, maybe feeling a little bit older right now. Um, but, you know, I... Um, I got that email and I was like, no way, it can't possibly have been 10 years. How is it 2021? You know, there's a few questions that seem to kind of circulate conversations, I feel like, at this time of year. And they go a little bit like this. Um, what have you got planned for this year? What, what are you hoping to achieve in 2021? What does this year look like for you? And you might have been in some of these conversations. I know that I have, but it's become really apparent to me this year in having those conversations, it's different to any other year that I have lived. This year having those conversations, it actually feels a little bit different than any other year because let's be honest, no one knows what 2021 holds. No one knows. No one, again, has that rule book for how to handle 2021. Is it 2020 on repeat? Who knows? Is, are we able to move forward a little bit more? Who knows? We don't really know and sometimes when we find ourselves in those moments of uncertainty it can be really hard to start planning and looking forward to what we personally are going to see for the year to come and you know I I suppose I wanted to share a message today that would be able to encourage you on the one thing that we can focus on this year the one thing that will keep us steady through the uncertainty that may be ahead. You know, I love the Bible because, (laughs) for many reasons, but one of the things that I love about the Bible is that it is full of testimonies and stories and examples uh, that can help us to navigate through the tricky seasons of life. It's full of wisdom that helps us to navigate through the various seasons of life, whatever they may look like and whatever it might be. And so we're going to read... Two scriptures from Matthew this morning, one after the other. And the first one comes in at the sermon, during the Sermon on the Mount. And it's about, um, it's about building a solid foundation on a rock. And many of you who have been in church for a while now are probably already starting to recite that scripture in your mind. But it's such a good scripture and we're going to have a look at that. And then straight afterwards, we're going to jump just about a chapter later. And we're looking at a story where... After the Sermon on the Mount has finished and Jesus continued doing some teaching and actually performed a lot of healings, um, the disciples and Jesus, they get on a boat and they find themselves in a bit of a tricky situation. Okay, so we're going to have a look at that. So let's jump to Matthew 7, 24 to 27, and it's going to come up behind me so you can follow along. It says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, it's probably good to let you guys know at this point, the, the Sermon on the Mount, there's a lot of teaching. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about relationship with God and what that's like. And so he's saying, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall. 
because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Now we're going to jump to Matthew 8, 23 to 27. It says, And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him, so he being Jesus. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he, Jesus, was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the seas obey him? You see, these scriptures have something in common. In both of these scriptures, there was a storm, right? But also in both of these scriptures, Jesus was the answer. You see, Jesus is the answer in both situations. You know, I find it so interesting that in one, one of the chapters, so just, just before the, the storm the disciples find themselves in, Jesus is literally teaching on how to access that steady foundation through a storm. He's literally talking about, you know, where to place your focus to find that solid foundation. And then just, just a little while later, here are the disciples. There's this storm and they are freaking out because their focus has turned not to God, but to the circumstance that they find themselves in. You see, when our focus slips, we become unsteady. You know, the word that it uses for storm in the original language, don't quote me on the pronunciation of this. I practice and I just, it's, it's not my language. But it goes something like this, seismos. For those who are writing notes, you can write this as S-E-I-S-M-O-S, okay? But what it means is it means violent, shaking earthquake. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like storm doesn't really do that justice. That that's massive. If I found myself in the middle of the ocean in a violent earthquake, um, I think I would be freaking out too. So, I mean, no one here can tell me that they wouldn't also be afraid, right? That's a challenging situation. And this was absolutely a challenge for the disciples. It would have felt like a big life event. They probably thought they were going to die. In fact, they said we're perishing. So, they thought they were going to die. But you know, this wasn't only a challenge for them, but this big event it had a way of revealing something. It had a way of revealing a spiritual truth about the disciples, about who they saw Jesus to be. Uh, the revelation that they had of who they saw Jesus to be at that point. You see, it's when the disciples actually pulled back their focus to Jesus that he was able to then move and there was breakthrough in their situation. You know, we're not designed, you, myself, we're not designed to weather storms on our own. We're just not built for it. God didn't build us that way. We're designed to rely on the one that is greater than the storm and his name is Jesus. Big life events, they have a way of starting to rock us around. They have a way of challenging us. And I'm going to be honest and say, just because we believe in Jesus doesn't mean that life events aren't going to challenge us. It doesn't mean it automatically makes it easy. It doesn't mean you don't need to process it. It doesn't mean you don't feel the emotions of it. Okay, but... What life events, they challenge us, but they also have a way of revealing to us our revelation of who we see, our understanding of who we see Jesus to be in our lives. Do we see him to be saviour or do we see him to be some side character in our life that we don't know if we can really rely on? It has a way of revealing who we see him to be. 
you know, the disruption of COVID in our lives has been like an international storm. But I'm aware that COVID isn't the only thing going on in the world. Life keeps moving on as well. And so I don't know personally for you what that storm might have been. I don't know what the effects of last year has had on your life. But I know that big life events, whatever they are, they challenge us and they also reveal something about where we are at in our lives. You see, if our security isn't found in the solid foundation of Jesus, life will feel unsteady, pandemic or not. No matter what it is, it will feel unsteady. There's a movie um, some of you might have seen. It's, it's a Will Smith movie called Focus. Um, some of you might have seen it, but more or less what the movie is about is Will Smith plays this incredible pickpocketer. He's like, he's another level, okay? So you've got Will Smith, who's this great pickpocketer, and then he comes across um, this girl, and she's pretty good. She's pretty good at what she does. She's a pretty good pickpocketer, but Will Smith is just on another level. Okay, and so there's this scene that happens where he is more or less showing her how good he is at what he does. He's just showing off, really. But he's explaining to her how he does that so well. And so he's, you know, they're, they're walking around and he's pulling her attention in one direction. Meanwhile, pretty much stealing whatever he wants from her. And he explains to her that if you can pull the focus, if you can pull someone's focus to where you want it to be, you can pretty much take whatever you want from them. And you know, I feel like the enemy does this in our lives all the time. If he can pull our attention in one area, he can pretty much start taking things from us as much as he wants and we don't even realise till afterwards. You know that moment of like, you know, if someone had pickpocketed you, you'd be like, where's my wallet? right? It's not even till afterwards that we realise what has happened. And so it's so important that we keep our focus on God because where our attention is, our focus will be. And if you're not focused, you might not even realise what's going on beyond the surface. It's a good question to ask yourself, where does God feature in my life at the moment? Where does he feature? You know, that thing that's going on in your life, are you fixating on it? Are you fixating on it? Is it all that you're thinking about? Or are you willing to invite God to be in on part of the process? As I said, we still need to process it. We still need to feel the emotions, but God wants to be in that. He wants to be in the mess with you. He wants to be able to help navigate you through that. You see, God is never far from us. He's never far from us, but we need to choose to invite him into the process. We need to choose to let him navigate, help, let him help us navigate through that process. Because when we allow him to do that, we're going to feel a lot more steady. We're choosing a way forward. If we sit in the mess, it's really hard to move forward. But if we choose to let God become part of it, we're choosing a way forward. See, difficult seasons are an opportunity for us to understand God's strength more. It's only when we acknowledge our limitations that we recognise God's fullness. Tell you what, guys, we're going to be really um, vulnerable right now. This, this life event has happened to me recently. I found a grey hair. And it actually, to be honest, it happened a while ago. I found my first grey hair. And now I just keep finding more and more of them. And... It's devastating. It's really sad. Um, First, you know, the email about my school reunion. Now I'm getting grey hairs. And, you know, it's, it's very apparent to me that life doesn't pause. I don't know if anyone else has ever thought about this, but you look in the mirror every day and it doesn't seem like anything's changed. But then you look at a picture of yourself five, ten years ago and you realise actually a lot 
changes. And there's no way of pausing life. You see, change is going to come. It's inevitable. Life keeps moving on and as life keeps moving on, change will come. But the one thing that should hold our focus is the one thing that never changes. God is always constant even when our world is always changing. To stay steady through the storm, you need to remain connected to the one thing that doesn't change. See, in Hebrews, it talks about that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Revelation, it says he's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He's the first, the last. You know, he never changes. The Bible is full of reminding us that God's character and who he is does not change. But as Christians, I'm sure that many people here today know that. We know that, in, at least in theory. But it's one thing to know it and it's another thing for us to actually live out of the understanding of that. Because surely if God doesn't change and that's true in our lives, then surely that should have an impact in the way that we live our lives. So what does God's consistency mean for our lives? Well, I tell you what, it means that we can have peace through every situation. I tell you what, Craig Groeschel said this and I love what he said. He said, peace isn't found in the absence of a storm. Peace is found in the presence of God. See, as the world around us changes, God doesn't, so neither should our trust in him. God's consistency in our lives means that we can find consistency and a stable foundation amongst chaos. Regardless of what it is, we can stay steady because we know that God does not change. I feel like there are some people here today or um, online that maybe need this reminder. You see, God isn't just in today with you, but he's in tomorrow. He's already there. He goes before you. He's in your job. He's in your finances. He's in your relationships. Whatever the issue might be for you, he's already there. He is in it. And that doesn't change. But the other thing that his consistency means for our lives is that the other thing that doesn't change is your worth. You know, I don't know, um, uh, for you, if you managed to keep your job through last year, I know there are some people who lost lost a lot of work last year. But I want to remind you and encourage you, your worth is not based on your circumstance, but based on who God calls you and tells you that you are. You see, if you are um, here today and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, we believe in a God who loves us. He's a God who sent his one and only son, Jesus, to live a perfect life and die in our place. And I tell you why that needed to happen, because because we... (laughs) We mess things up. We try to live perfectly, probably won't last for a day. And all of us have sinned. All of us have what the Bible says, fallen short of what God has asked us to do. You see that word sin, it's really just missing the mark. Missing the mark of what God has, has for us and has asked us to do. And so all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short. And so what God did is he sent his one and only son, Jesus. And Jesus lived as we did. He felt pain. He was betrayed. He was hungry. You know, Jesus lived as we did. He lived a perfect life and then he died on the cross because the, the penalty of sin, it separates us from God and the penalty of sin is death. And so Jesus died for us in our place so that we could have relationship with him, so that we could have relationship with God. And what that means for us is that our worth does not change because Jesus loves you. He died for you then and he'd die for you now. He loved you knowing what you would do. He loved you knowing who you would be. And it also means that through the ups and downs, we don't do it alone. You know, the truth is that it's us who change, not God. When we feel distant from God, maybe we've changed, not 
him. It's us who change, not God. Because when, our t- we went, when we turn our focus away from God and onto our circumstances, we start seeing things through a temporary lens. We start seeing things through the lens of uncertainty. But if we focus on God, then we see things through his lens. We see things in an eternal perspective. We see things in a way where we're able to find that stability amongst the chaos. But remember, it's a choice. It's a choice to focus on God through the difficult times. In fact, it's even a choice to focus on God through the best times. You know, I don't want to sound like there's always a storm. That's not necessarily the way. Sometimes life is great, but we can't pause life. The grey hairs come, okay? We can't pause life. And so if I could give you some advice, I would advise that all of us should make this choice before the storm comes. You know, it's never, it's never too late to make that choice. If you're in the storm and you haven't made that choice, it's actually never too late to make that choice. But if I could encourage you to make that choice before the storm. You see, in the scripture that we read about um, building, our, uh, building the house on the solid foundation, at the, at, in the area that Jesus was in, in their cultural context, so the, the sand on the Sea of Galilee in the hot summer months, it was actually really hard. So you could have built something on that sand and thought that it was going to be solid. But the seasons change. And so, you know, as the winds come and as the seasons change, that thing's going down, right? So a wise builder knew that you had to actually dig quite far below the surface into the bedrock if you're going to have a stable foundation. But when you're building a house, you don't build the house for that day. If you're wise, you'll build the house for the seasons to come. And that's exactly what what the builders had to do. They built into the bedrock, but that's a choice they made before the seasons changed. And so... I believe that we should be making the choice to trust in Jesus before the storms come because it will help us to feel steady as they do. The religious establishment um, at the time, they had built a very surface level faith. And as a result, they had built their faith on a very unstable foundation. You see, the reason that we know that is because they built their faith off religion. They built it off rules, routines, regulations, you know, doing what they see to be right and wrong, but they did it outside of relationship. And as a result, it was a really surface level faith. The way that we build a solid foundation isn't through just turning up to church because that's what we think we should do, but it's actually through relationship with God. We build a solid foundation through relationship. As Pastor Ben said in his message last week, if you want his strength, you need his spirit. My um, husband, Zach, uh, we've been married for the whole of about two months. Uh, it's very exciting. Thank you. Yes. It's fun to be back at church. As I uh, have changed my name since coming back. Um, but Zach has recently, um, he's recently got back into running. Okay. And he came back from a run the other day. Um, a lot more motivated than I am, I must say. Um, but he came back from a run the other day and he actually looked exhausted. It was pretty hot, but usually when he comes back from runs, he's pretty excited. This time he was exhausted. I was like, how, how was your run? And he's like, oh, it was, a, it was a tough slog. I was like, oh, really? Like, why? And he said, well, I learned a few things today. I said, okay, what did you learn? And he's like, well, the first thing that I learned is not to eat hot cross buns at 4pm, which was about an hour and a half before the run. 
he proceeded to tell me about how how nice the hot cross buns were. Yes, I know that it's only January, but they're out, so enjoy it. He told me about how nice they were. They were cooked and the butter. And I said to him, okay, I think what we've learnt here is not don't eat the hot cross buns, but just don't go for the run. <laughs> you see... What this revealed to me is that Zach and I, we have some different priorities. <laughs> Zach's priority was the run. Mine was and will always be the delicious food option that's there. And I feel like uh, Anne Broom will testify to this for a while. She was actually making me brownies every week and bringing them into the office. Um, but Zach and I, we have some different priorities. We all have different priorities. It's just the way that it falls. We don't necessarily always think them out. It's we don't always have a list written out and put it on our wall. You know, we just we have priorities. We spend we choose to spend our time one way instead of another. We all have priorities. But there's one thing that should take priority above all else. And as Christians, we know that's God. We know that God needs to be our number one priority. And again, even though we know that in theory, do we have the revelation of that in our heart? Because I tell you what, I personally am really challenged by this because often I know that my life and the life that I see of people around me doesn't always reflect that truth. How many people could you really say you know that put God as their number one priority above all else? That they would prioritise him with their time, that they would prioritise him with talent. How many people do you know that would actually, you'd actually be able to say that for? Could you say that for yourself? Because this is something that really challenges me. Just go with me for a moment. I want you to picture, I want you to think of what is one thing that you would give anything for? One thing you would give anything for. Maybe it's chocolate. Again, the delicious food, always a theme. Maybe it's chocolate. Maybe it's your family. Maybe you would love to be able to fly or be invincible. I don't know. What is one thing that you would give anything for? There's another scripture in Matthew we're going to jump to and it's about two different people who knew what they would give everything for and they gave everything for it. So in Matthew 13 verse 44, we're starting, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. You see, I love that these men, they didn't overcomplicate it. They saw something of great value and there's a response, they went after it. They saw something of great value and after that, nothing else mattered to them. They didn't wait for things to be taken away from them, they just gave it up because they're like, nothing could possibly compare to what I have found in the kingdom of heaven. You see, when we lose sight of the main thing, that is when we become unsteady because to stay steady through the storm, you need to remain connected to the one thing that doesn't change. You know, it's true that things can be uncertain and it's true that things can be hard, hard to understand. It's true that things can be busy. But it's also true that if God doesn't change, then his love for us doesn't change. If God doesn't change, then his promises for us doesn't, don't change. It's true that his love will never fail, run out, and that it will endure forever because that's what his word says. Yeah. And if God doesn't change, then we can trust what is in his word. You know, sometimes I picture us a bit like this. If you picture a flag and it's really windy, the flag will go crazy in the wind, right? Because it just moves in whatever way the wind chooses. 
And sometimes I feel like we can be like that when we focus on our circumstances. Like the flag, the environment determines which way it goes. Sometimes if we just focus on our environment, it will determine which way we go and we're like a flag just in the wind having no direction. But when we focus on Jesus and we're firmly planted in Jesus, we're able to navigate our way through those ups and downs in life. And instead of moving, you know, all over the place, we're able to move forward with a steady direction. Remember, what you focus on will determine the lens that you look through. So if you are focusing on your circumstances, things will feel unsteady. But if you're focusing on God, you're able to see things in light of him. Like the stories that we see in the Bible, our lives also tell a story. And depending on where we choose to focus and depending on what we choose to make our priority, our lives can tell a story of God's goodness and how great God is or our lives can tell a story where we've totally missed the point, where we've completely missed the point. What role does God play in the story you're living out? Because maybe he's the side character. Maybe he's a character that comes in at the end. Maybe he's the character that's always trying to help and the main character's kind of pushing them away. But I tell you what, God's role in your life should be the main character. What we do, the lives that we live should revolve around him. He is the main character. And I want to encourage you going into this year, going into 2021, to make God a priority because it's likely and possibly more likely than other years that things will be unsteady. It can feel like, you know, the ground is ripped from underneath you when everything changes. So I want to encourage you, keep the main thing, the main thing. Keep God the main character. But how do we do that? How do we keep the main thing, the main thing in 2021? My first bit of advice is support yourself. What I mean by that is find people around you who are going to actually support you in continuing to put God as a priority and continuing to focus on him. Another way you can support yourself is getting into a small group. If you don't have those friends, and even if you do, that's pretty much what a small group is. (laughs) It's something that you're doing regularly to allow other people to speak into your life and to encourage you. Another thing you can do to support yourself is if you're on social media and you're doing a lot of this flicking through, why not follow some things that are going to encourage you? There are so many great sites with awesome quotes. And I know sometimes I'll be flicking through and I'm like, oh, that, that is a good quote. I needed that today. You know, why don't you, why don't you find some, some things to follow that are actually going to help you? Maybe for you, there's one scripture that really stands out to you right now. Why don't you write it down and put it on your wall? You know, why don't you frame it, put it on your wall somewhere? I know some people really like the back of the toilet door idea. You know, everyone makes a trip to the toilet. Put it somewhere you're going to see it, somewhere that's going to remind you. Another thing that I would suggest is to spend time with him. You know, remember... Our solid foundation is built on relationship. So spend time with him. Read the word, pray, worship. Do what you do to connect. Maybe that's walking in nature. Maybe that's art. I don't know. But do what you do to connect and prioritise the time to spend time with him. Another thing you can do is allow God allow room for God to move. You know, one of the things that I love about the story we read um, about the storm is it's when Jesus moved, it actually revealed more about who he was. You see, he moved and what did they say? They said, who is this man that even the winds and the seas obey him? To them, that was, gosh, he must be God because even 
even the sea obeys him, right? It revealed something about who he was. So allow room for God to move because it will allow room for him to show you more of who he is. And finally, make God the main character in your life story. You see, when we make ourselves the main character, we focus on our circumstances because everything becomes about us and the environment around us. And we think that everything should work around us because we're the main character. But when we make God the main character, as I said before, our life starts to revolve around Him. And we start to make it about God and not necessarily about ourselves. See, when we make God the main focus, we focus on the one thing that matters above all else and the one thing that will keep us steady through the storm. To stay steady through the storm, you need to remain connected to the one thing that doesn't change. I'm going to get everyone to stand now and I just want to give you an opportunity um, just to respond to this. And maybe right now you're like, actually, God is God is my number one focus at the moment. Like, I actually think I've been doing a really good job at that. Um, you know, I feel like that's where my mind is. Or maybe for you, like, gosh, God is so far from my focus. Like, my circumstances are just all consuming. Regardless of where you sit today, I would encourage you, take this moment to acknowledge God and to say, God, I choose to focus on you in 2021. Actually, I'm making that choice. You know, we talked about making that choice before the storm comes. Just making that choice each and every day. And today I want to encourage you to make that choice. God, you are going to be my focus this year. And I'm going to focus on you. And in that, I know that you are going to keep me steady as I navigate forward in the way that you want me to this year. And so with everyone's eyes closed, just to take this moment, I'd encourage you just to raise your hand if this is you, if you would like to say that today. You know what, God, I'm choosing to focus on you in 2021. You know, I'm asking you to raise your hand, not, not even so that I can see. It doesn't, I, it doesn't matter, you know, for me to see, but it's actually just a response, a physical response to say, yeah, God, I'm making this decision. I'm actively making this decision. So you can raise your hand just to um, acknowledge that decision you're making and I'm going to pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are so good. And Jesus, we thank you that you came for us, that you love us so much, that you died for us, then you die for us now. You don't change. And we thank you that that change means we can have consistency in our life despite chaos that may come. Lord, we choose today to focus on you, to make you our number one priority. Lord, we choose to keep our eyes on you regardless of circumstances that may come around us. And Lord, we choose to actively go about, you know, supporting ourselves, spending time with you, making you that focus as we go into this year. Lord, we pray that this year that our lives would tell a story where we glorify you, where we show your greatness, your goodness. Lord, we pray that we wouldn't miss the main point this year, but that we would just see incredible things as a result of us partnering with you and putting our hearts in a position where they're in line with yours. Lord, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.